You're listening to True Heart. Amy and Scott Mallon dive deep with celebrities, mavericks, visionaries, and real-life heroes to find out what sets their souls on fire. Here's Amy and Scott. Hey, everybody. It's Amy and Scott, and we are back for another fabulous episode of the True Heart Podcast. Yeah, thanks for checking it out. You can find us wherever podcasts are available. Uh, We'd love it if you'd leave us a five-star review. That certainly helps us a lot. And you can also check us out on YouTube if you want to watch the show. You can subscribe there as well. Today, we have a powerhouse couple on the show. It's our first duo that is joining us. So we are so excited. We almost felt like we were twinning with today's (laughs) guests because, you know, we're a married dynamic duo as well. So it was nice to chat it up with some amazing folks who can relate to this very unique experience of not just being romantic and life partners, but also being business partners. And if you think about it, you know, if you're a husband and wife team, you're together with your family, you know, we have kids, they, they do too. And it's sort of like, okay, you have that part of your life. And then you have uh, your romantic kind of relationship one-on-one. And then you have a business relationship. And so it's a lot to navigate and one could kind of inform on the other. So you're kind of walking this tightrope in all aspects of your life. Um, But we have found that it's been incredible. And if you think about most people's experience, it's, you know, the family and your, your romantic partner, and then you're off at work for nine, 10 hours a day or whatever it is. And you have that space. And so navigating it without that space can be challenging, but also incredibly rewarding. And we're basically tied to the hip other than when We've been that way since we first started dating. I mean, we literally started dating and we did not spend a day apart. We were like, that's it. True love, baby. True love. That's it. But I will, I will say, obviously, the, the, the we're, are we're, we're human me along. and being human means that we're not perfect, which is totally cool. So we all have our moments. Well, and so I would just say that I, obviously I, I 95% of the time it's unicorns and rainbows, but you know, there are days when we have our, our disagreements and Did you I, just say 99% of the I time? I said 95. I gave us a 5%. Anything in the 90s feels... Feels high. I give us a 5% window of when it's, you know, high. not so good. And we've got to work through some stuff. But I always fall back on, on my Nima's tried and true lessons, which are one, never go to bed angry because that shit just festers and it's worse when you wake up in the morning. Mm-hmm. And number two, and don't forget this, ladies and gentlemen, always kiss me goodnight. I literally even put it above our bed as she a reminder. Did. And sometimes if you get in an argument, you like, check out the sign, dude. Yeah. And I would tell him it doesn't say sometimes it's not a suggestion. <laughs> it's a house rule. I don't get a lot of suggestions, but when you, part. but if you think about it like this and whether you're married or not, you know, you could be dating, whatever the, the romantic relationship is, right? If you're in an argument and you're having this disagreement, If you can squash it with a beautiful kiss and always just return back to love and remember why you chose this person and every day continue to choose this person, it just gives you the the space to breathe and know that everything's going to be cool. I I have learned a different lesson. By the way, that's totally (laughs) true. But I have just learned that like I came in kind of to our relationship is like, I'm 
I'm smart and I'm right and blah, blah, blah. And I've learned nobody cares if you're right. It doesn't really matter for the most part, as long as you have a good relationship. So I've sort of let go of that. And that's been a big deal, I think, for me. Listen, life is all And I've about- learned that I'm usually wrong, by the way, too. I should point that out. As much as I thought I was right, I'm, I'm not going to go 90s, but I'll, I'll hover around the 70s. I'm probably wrong. That's also true. <laughs> um, just kidding. Uh, but not really. But, Probably the 90s. but you know, life is all about learning and, and growing. And it's beautiful that we get to do that together. Every so day. now we're going to get to talk to this amazing powerhouse couple and kind of see how they do it. We're so excited to welcome filmmakers Lynn and David Talbert to the show. Lynn Sisson Talbert stands tall as one of the most accomplished female producers in Hollywood. Recently, Lynn produced Netflix's first original live-action musical, Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, and authored the Jingle Jangle book series, including The Square Root of Possible and Jingle Jangle, The Invention of Geronicus Jangle, heralded by Variety as 2021's class of producers to watch and on the heels of her groundbreaking musical lynn inked a first look film deal with netflix launching golden alchemy entertainment alongside her husband lynn's other film producing credits include fox searchlights baggage claim and universal's almost christmas both of which opened as the number one comedy in america David E. Talbert is a multi-award-winning storyteller whose plays, films, and novels have entertained global audiences for more than three decades. Talbert most recently wrote, directed, and produced Jingle Jangle, A Christmas Journey, Netflix's first original live-action musical. Additional credits include First Sunday, Baggage Claim, Almost Christmas, and The Fabric of a Man. Let's get into it with Lynn and David. Welcome, Lynn and David. You are our first married couple on the True Heart podcast, and we're so excited to have you with us. I feel like we us. should, like, clink glasses virtually. <laughs> yes. No, no. Husband and wife teams. If we're still married by the time this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's that bad, huh? All yeah. will be we're revealed. skating on thin ice over here. It's prayers <laughs> every day. You, you never know. We have a lot in common. This is going to be very interesting. Well, very. and... A lot of people ask us what it's like working together, you know, being a husband and wife. That's not even their reaction. Their Same. reaction is like, wait, you guys work together? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. there's yeah, like a. The, the Dante's Inferno comes, <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> yeah. comes to mind. <laughs> well, and so we're wondering, obviously, because we get asked this all the time. You know, the main question is like, why would you do that? Um, and how do you make it work? So how is being this married dynamic duo um, in your professional lives? How has it impacted your personal relationship? And then how has it also um, impacted the work that you're doing together? Well, you know, I'll. Lynn makes everything that I do better. I mean, it's just it's just not even uh, close. And and so uh, this wasn't her, I'm sure, wasn't her career path or thought <laughs> what she was going to do. But was, uh, when we started dating, she was a senior in college, and I brought her out on the road to see one of my productions. And uh, first thing she said is, why does that set look like that? Why does her hair look like that? Why does the wardrobe look like that? And I'm like, it looks fine. She said, no, it don't. She took the lead actress down to get her hair done and new wardrobe and had them start painting the set. And, and, and I came back in the theater 
uh, we were in Philadelphia, I came back in the theater and I'm like, whoa, this looks so much better. And, and she just makes everything better. And, um, and so that's why I scooped her up and brought her on my <laughs> tours of business-wise, aesthetics and everything. And so I can, I can speak to that. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's awesome and beautiful. And what's your perspective, Lynn? Um, I mean, coming into it for sure, you know, I was raised in a household. It's like when you step into something, it's about making it better. It's about um, improving things. And so I've always had that mindset. You know, my father had his own business. And so stepping into things, it was very important to make sure that it was a representation of not only you and, and what's behind it, but the business itself. So I kind of, everything that I've done it, I always had that mindset and so since you know this is who I loved it was really important I'm like you know this is a representation of him so when you start thinking of things like that you you do get a little frantic on this isn't a good representation or this isn't the best representation so that's kind of the mindset I came from and um, I really don't know anything else as David said you know we came in and I met we met when I was a senior in college that summer we got married I graduated um, we went on the road and here we are you know 23 years later so it's been a family affair it's been a love affair and that's just what we do and as tough as it as it is and it is tough um, you know at the end of the day we want the best for each other yeah, I don't remember it being as warm and fuzzy about this isn't the best representation. I remember you looking at the set and say, that shit looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did say that. Yeah. I did. But yeah, I learned to articulate it a little bit better now. I guess. I mean, you know, I, I, them first years, I would have to take baths in uh, peroxide and Because, <laughs> I mean, the cuts come you know it, you know quick and yeah. deep but, i would pick it i would do oh everything because i just didn't want any step back at all i want to i want to kill it dead you know just hammer it in yeah. so good that you it's know, like you can't do that now <laughs> i remember the first script that i let her read of mine that i wrote when we were married and i was just so proud of it and i printed it out <laughs> and she went and took it <laughs> and read it it came know. back and i said what do you think and she goes Boo! <laughs> oh no! That was after we got to know each other a little bit. <laughs> that wasn't like the the second date. That's good. <laughs> I'm like, what in the world? But but in in retrospect, she she needed the the script was was ill ill conceived at the time. And but you know that's that's the beauty of. You know, sometimes you're surrounded by uh, people that are good intent, have good intentions, but they tell you things you want to hear. Yeah. Yes, but right. those are the things that allow you to grow and, and, they're, and they're not comfortable. And uh, I was thinking in my mind when she was saying that, kill her, Jesus, kill her, <laughs> die, 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 die. But, but, <laughs> but it, it continues to, even this day, 23 years later, it continues to be, this is who she is too. <laughs> my, my art and everything you see, you know, has her, 
has her. She may not be in the forefront of all of it, but they all have her 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 fingerprints on them. Yeah. And I mean, I love comedy and I come from, you know, loving comedy. So I figure like, why not go in and 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 be nuts about how you feel about something? It, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, if you're going to work on a film for a long time and put your heart and soul into it, like, you know, it's better to make sure that it's everything you want it to be before you go on that journey, right? Absolutely. Well, in theory, but as a director, I don't have to listen to anybody. No. You know, that's, that's, so I'm at the monitor and I'm like, you know, I'm like, cut. Great, great, great. Talk to my AD. Let's move on. Let's go next. And Lynn comes over to the monitor because I don't let her sit next to me at don't the vi video village because, my God, I will never don't get a, my own lie. individual thought. <laughs> right behind him. And but but you know she moves her chair there closer, gravitates, it migrates there closer and closer. But I'll say, cut, it's fine, let's move on. And she said, uh, could you could you could, you know could you rewind that and look at that look at that one piece? I said, Lynn, it's fine, it's fine, let's keep moving. <laughs> oh, no no no, you're not gonna like it because this, this thing here is said, Lynn, it's fine, it's fine. Now I really don't think I like. It. <laughs> All right, we're gonna do that scene one more time, <laughs> and and that's basically how how it works. And thank God I have that eye. Um, thank God, because in the editing room, I'm like, when I take full credit for all these choices and these decisions, uh, then <laughs> I know, thank God, she, she made me do it. And let me, and I have to say this. I mean, look, you've seen the films, you've seen everything. David is amazing at what he, he does. And I've been able to witness you know, firsthand the growth and 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 the love and passion that he's grown for his work. And so, you know, I I had to learn that I am dealing with an artist. He became an artist before my eyes and more of an artist before my eyes because he had to really in be a businessman as well as he was coming up in the industry. But I've learned him, I've seen him grow into his artistry. And so I had to adjust myself also because, you know, you don't want to kill an artist's dream or vision. And, you know, it, it, could, it could really take a toll on, on an artist. And so um, I had to adjust myself on sometimes how my approach is because I can be quick to cut to the chase. And, you know, he's had to check me a few times like, you know, can you just let me get the idea out? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you're right. I guess I should at least let you get it out and and at least act like I'm pondering over <laughs> before I do anything else. Um, you know, and so I've had to make plenty of adjustments and I'm still working on it because I am I'm we've before, when we started off, we didn't have the luxury of time. We didn't have the luxury of budget. And so, you know, you you got to hit it because it's time is money. You know, it's taking yep. up space. It's taking up, you know. So I come from that school of thought. And now, you know, we have the opportunity to do so much with so much more. And I want to do even more and more, you know, because of where we come from. So it's a benefit, but sometimes it it can hinder a few things as far as him being able to really 
see, okay, let me live in this for a minute and really see where I want to go. So we've, we've grown in that way and learned a little bit more of each other as we both are trying to grow within the industry. Yeah. I don't know if I've grown, but resistance is futile. And uh, <laughs> so you just moved into acceptance. I don't know if I've grown. I think I've been beaten, beaten as an into. As artist, David, I'm saying like, yeah, you yeah, I have, I have grown. That. I have grown as an artist, yeah. but, but you don't come with a mute button. No, so I there's don't. no way of, <laughs> of, of stopping. And I can record things now, so. like with my voice memo and record things that he says and be like, well, remember this? And <laughs> so I got to tell you guys, this is like looking in a mirror because I am the Lynn in our relationship. And, and Scott would probably say what David is saying. Like, Amy does not have a mute button, but I'm I'm cool with that. I, I know that's my role in this yeah. relationship. And, you know, like the two of you, obviously, I think you so beautifully balance each other out. And, you know, Lynn, with your attention to detail and your great eye for a beautiful aesthetic, I think that's what's part of making you an incredible producer. And, and so you can come from that side um, of, of the vision and David gets to come with the artistry um, and, and the story. And that's why you can successfully produce beautiful movies also, like Jingle Jangle. And I have to say, um, you know, you can have, I think I'm sure you guys have war stories of business partners that you've had through life where things went totally sideways and, you know, there's something really uh, wonderful about just knowing that you're not going to always agree. You're going to have your arguments and stuff. But at the end of the day, you really do have each other's backs. And you can you trust each other with your eyes closed. Fully trust each other and know that you're fully aligned on, you know, this is for our family. This is for our business. And, you know, that that means everything because you just know that like it's always coming from a place of, look, I just want it to be best for us. And so like you might have we might have our arguments and stuff, but we know that deep down, like it's coming from the right place. There's no ulterior motive, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we watched Jingle Jangle three times the week that it came out. We <laughs> we loved it. It's a magical movie. I think most people who enjoy films, though, they're not aware of the journey that the filmmakers have to go on to create their favorite movies that they love. And so, you know, when I produced a film in 2006, the writer director um, of my movie spent 12 years trying to get it made before we met. And then within six months, I raised the entire budget for the film. And a few months later, we were making a movie. And so I'm curious to know, what is the Jingle Jangle origin story and how long did it take for this beautiful movie to become a reality? I, I first um, had the idea to do it in uh, 1997. And um, we, we, Lynn and I just started uh, dating. And uh, I had this idea. I grew up with Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. They, those were my favorite films and still are. Um, and so I always wanted to do something that um, reminded me of my childhood. Uh, I refused to grow up. So I guess, <laughs> I guess, you know, my childhood has never ended really. Uh, but um, so that was the idea that I was going to do it as a Broadway production. Um, 
because I was, you know, heavy in the theater at the time. And I kept trying to develop it over the years, over the years. And then it wasn't until our son was born and I <laughs> sat down with him to watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And I'm like, okay, I want you to see, Daddy wants to show you one of his favorite movies. <laughs> and yeah, and I was like, and he, he's, and I, it comes on and I'm singing, hi ho, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, we love you. Uh, <laughs> And, and I'm just like the, the biggest, blackest, whitest dude ever. And I turned <laughs> to my son and he's staring at me like, <laughs> like who is this man? <laughs> and he says, you know, can I go play with my Legos? I'm like, no, we're going to watch this movie. It's daddy's favorite. Don't you want to see his movie? He's like, no. I'm like, you don't love this movie? Uh, he's like, it's all right. And I'm like, you're going to watch this damn movie. I'm like, <laughs> And, he gets that for me. And it occurred to me that, and when I was uh, his age, there was no option of anything. There was there was no option of wanting to see someone that looks like you uh, in these in these worlds. But he, you know, with Black Panther and and Miles Morales, and you know, it, he gets a chance to lean into um, these characters that 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 look like him. So. So Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, it was just the whitest movie ever. I mean, it's yeah. my childhood, but I mean, I mean, my God, there was nobody black in catering. I mean, <laughs> I imagine in that movie. And so that's when I said that um, I wanted to do something for my son. And then Lynn said, well, why don't you just make it into a movie? And Because it was originally a Broadway uh, yeah. musical. Yeah. And that's when I started writing, uh, writing it as a film. That's amazing. And then once you had your completed script, how long did it take to go from the page to the screen? Well, you know, with a story like that, I've been living with that long. I mean, I I I knew the Buddy 3000 and, and Journey and Geronicus. I mean, I've been living with those characters in, in the spirit of who they were for 20 years. So when it came time to put it on the page, it, it, it was it was like you know uh, a faucet that you could not stop. It was just waiting to uh, to pour out, and so we turned in the script in May, and the movie was green lit in July. Wow, um, that is nice. amazing. Yeah, and we were we ended up Lynn for our twenty twentieth anniversary. Lynn said, "Well, let's go to London." I had never been there before, so we went there for our twentieth anniversary. And that was May, May, uh, right before, right, right, like right, right. No, 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 not the year before. Two it was when before. I turned it in. Oh, when you turned it in. That's turned right. the script. We went there and we got back two months later uh, when we were still working on it. It was greenlit. And they said, Will you want to, would you like to shoot the movie in Canada, Atlanta, yes. or London? We like <laughs> we were like, London. And so we, we were right back on a plane. Wow. Oh, wow. To start scouting locations. And we and that's where we shot the movie. Shot the movie in London. We lived there for eight months. Yeah. Wow. And, and I'll tell you too that, you know, as I said, David is very passionate about his work and he is a storyteller. You know, as he explained his process, you know, it really marinates in his head. And when he's ready to write, he's basically downloading. That that's yeah. what he's doing. It's already there. So when he talked about this film um, to Netflix, it was just like a general meeting and he literally sold it in the room. And 
he did sell it in the room. You know, they bought it in the room. And it was him explaining, you know, every holiday I go and sit down, you know, and watch these classic films and with my family and there's no one that looks like me. And he told the story about our son and they said, you know, we'd never thought of it like that. Mm. You know, let's do it. And so that's an, another thing with that we've been able to see big changes in the industry like that and partners like Netflix who want to show diversity and want to show, you know, different ways of being and what really the world is, you know, now that we've lived in different continents, you know, that is what the world is. And we need to reflect that on screen. And I tell you, so many people to this day, you know, reach out to us because they're so emotional by watching that film. I mean, I still get emotional about it because to me, that was what I wanted to see too. You know, I was the little girl wanting to be Mary Poppins and with my umbrella jumping off roofs and all this kind of stuff. And I did not realize how that kid in me was affected by watching Journey. And so I completely connect with everyone and anyone that's saying, you don't know what Jingle Jangle has done for me. You don't know how that's made me feel. You don't know what it's done for our kids. And, and not only Black children, but all children, because it showed even, you know, white children and other ethnicities how beautiful we all are. And they are appreciating the beauty that they see. So it, it's, it is something so special and so magical um, that it takes a life of its own that we didn't even know it was going to do. This Saves Lives is a ridiculously delicious food brand that gives back. Every single purchase sends life-saving food to a child in need. Co-founders Kristen Bell, Ryan Devlin, Todd Grinnell, and Ravi Patel launched This Saves Lives with a simple motto, buy a bar, feed a child, we eat together. Now with more than just bars, their products contain premium ingredients and are non-GMO, gluten-free, and kosher dairy. Their unique line of kids' products all contain one full serving of fruits and vegetables and are safe for school. To buy their ridiculously delicious snacks, head on over to thissaveslives.com. Are you still wiping your butt with all that toilet paper you hoarded last year? How's that going for you? Let me introduce you to a new way to clean after you handle your business. Meet Hello Tushy. Tushy is the modern bidet that easily clips to any toilet and installs in just 10 minutes. Starting at just $99, Tushy sprays a precise stream of clean water and washes away all of that literal crap that toilet paper leaves behind. Upgrade your bathroom experience by going to hellotushy, T-U-S-H-Y dot com. That's hellotushy.com. Tushy saves the environment and reduces your carbon butt print. Tushy saves you money on toilet paper and Tushy saves your butt. Go to HelloTushy, that's T-U-S-H-Y dot com. Stop wiping, start washing with Tushy. For over a decade, lifestyle brand Half United has been using fashion to feed people all over the world. To break the cycle of generational poverty, the community provides gainful employment to local artisans in vulnerable communities who create their handmade and sustainable products. For every Half United product purchase, seven meals are given to a child in need. Half United has donated over one million meals to date. Shop their beautiful jewelry, tees, handbags, and home accessories at halfunited.com and help fight global hunger.
Say ciao to tradition and hello to your new favorite plant-based Italian bistro in Los Angeles, Brothers Meatballs. Brothers Meatballs was founded by brothers and food industry veterans Mauro and Sergio Corbia, who hail from the Isle of Sardinia, Italy. When they joined forces with second-generation Italian chef Mark Middleman, their self-proclaimed brother from another mother, the concept for Brothers Meatballs was born. Moro was the founder and creator of Moro's Cafe inside Fred Siegel, a long-standing LA hotspot. Dissatisfied with the amount of plant-based dining options reminiscent of the home-cooked meals their mother once made, the brothers were determined to create a menu so delicious it would appeal to herbivores and omnivores alike. Inspired by the food mama so lovingly prepared for Sunday suppers, these meatballs are a modern take on a family classic. All menu items are 100% plant-based and made with mama's secret ingredient, love. Angelinos can order lunch and dinner Wednesday through Sunday at brothersmeatballs.com. That's really beautiful. Um, while you were talking, it made me think of something I heard a long time ago. A director, I was talking to a director and um, I said, what do you, what do you kind of look at your role as? You know, what you, why you choose, which projects you choose and so on and so forth. He said, I always come at it from one, I always ask one question. And if it's a yes, I'll probably want to do it. And if it's a no, I probably won't. And he said, I look at my mission as enlarging the human heart. Mm -hmm. And if it's a project that will accomplish that, if it's a story that will enlarge people's hearts, then it's something I want to be a part of. And that seems like that's exactly what you guys are doing. You're telling wow. stories that do that. Yeah, and I look at it as... Um if uh, I were to run out in the street and get hit by a truck. Don't do that. Is the shit I'm working on <laughs> the last thing that I want to be working on while I was alive? Yeah. And, and, and really, that's really important to me. This gift that I've been given is a gift. I never went to school to learn how to write. I never went to school to learn how to direct. Um, um, and it's a gift. And it's a gift given me from God. And so I want to I want to make sure that when eventually I meet my maker, I, I want to be able to run down my resume. God, OK, now come on now. You know, come on now. Uh, and, and there has to be touch points in each of those things that have some uh, heavenly value. You know, uh, and in all in all seriousness, and I want to, and, and I never want that last thing I'm working on. If anything were to happen for me to go up and have a conversation, and I run down my resume and said, "Yeah, but um, uh, uh, what about that?" Well, look, man, well, you know, we had bought this house, and <laughs> car, and you know, then likes Louis Vuitton bags. <laughs> I just had to do it, and. And so, but, and so that's really my, my, my barometer, you know, on, um, it, it has to, it has to have some, uh, of course, earthly value, but it has to, um, have, uh, uh reverberate, mm. you know, you know, and, and move people in a way that matters. Well, they take on a life of their own, right? These films, you know, you're, you're the makers of it, but they take on a life of their own beyond you. And, and even when you're the gone, they're landscape. there. Yeah, and they're there, and they become of the part of the tapestry, as Amy said. And so they become bigger than you. You know, mm -hmm. they're a story that you put out there that then you know is your legacy. So mm -hmm. if your legacy is you know a shoot 'em up, you know, like okay, have I really you know? But what you guys are doing is 
as you said, you're you're changing people's lives. I don't think there's anything you could do that's better than that. And I love that it's full circle in how, David, you enjoyed these classic films as a kid, but didn't feel represented on screen and were able to have this cathartic experience in creating this entire universe and this beautiful, inspiring story of everything that you wanted to see as a kid and could give that to future generations. Because as you had said, Lynn, you know, that's where the change is going to happen. Um, and and it's, it's amazing to see, you know, just one person putting pen to paper, like you can get all these beautiful messages from people writing to you saying, I saw this film and now I can really imagine that I could be whatever I want to be. Um, and as you say in your beautiful book, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, it's all possible, which yeah. I love. And, yeah. and so letting people really believe it because they see it, there's so much power in that. Yes. And, and you know, David and I both, we another thing that we live by, it's like, you know, if something touches us, then it will touch other people. You know, either way it goes. If some if something means something to us, it will mean something to other people. And, you know, growing up kind of in this industry, you also learn that you have to follow what makes you feel, you know, and, and there, are, there are a lot of layers to who we are in, in a lot of ways and, and a lot of layers to who I am and even learning to be because there's so many genres that I love that that people just wouldn't expect. And I want to be able to to live in all of that and and and, and enjoy it and not be um, judged as I don't judge anyone else. I want to find that thing that is that touches me in all things that that are that I see and all things that we do. So it's been it's been a hell of a ride. And and, you know, I wouldn't change a lot of things, but I have certainly learned a lot of lessons along the way. That's incredible. And, you know, obviously we have so much uh, of a long way to go when it comes to true equality and inclusion and diversity in the entertainment industry. But what else do you think we can be doing um, to move forward in the right direction um, for for equality and inclusion and diversity in front of and behind the camera? I think, well, for us, we came up in a very unconventional way. You know, David had a, a, a script, he had an idea, and he had some support in getting it on the road. And he was, you know, um, connected to our audience from day one directly, where they they were our barometer. It wasn't a studio. It wasn't an executive. It wasn't any of that. And we were programming that audience at least for the first fifteen years of of our marriage. And you know him, you know in total what like five years before that. So it it was a different mindset that we had because we knew what we wanted to see and we knew what our audience wanted to see. And it was a very underserved audience in the entertainment world. So to be able to bring that with us when David was transitioning into film, and he had done an accelerated film program at um, in New York and done some things because he wanted to grow his art as well. 
but the love was always there to speak to our audience. And what we found was in speaking to our audience, we were speaking to everyone. Because when you really look at it all and you see this in Jingle Jangle, <clears throat> excuse me, um, is that the themes are universal. We want the same things for our kids, love, hope, forgiveness, all of those things we all want. And you have to find the commonality in each other and at the same time appreciate the individuality in each other. And so for what needs to be done, I think is you just need to push to have more diversity. And the stories, the specificity of the stories from the cultures and the races is, I believe, so important. You know, it's not just about, oh, let's make this person black and this person Indian and this person, you know, it, it it's it's about what is the specificity that you're showcasing to a wider, broader audience, you know, and, and how can we do that? Because sometimes I'll see things like that and I'm like, this just doesn't feel organic. They just put place markers to say check box we have a black person we have a you know what i mean and and that's not i don't think that's what we're all looking for we're all looking for to be able to share our experiences to be able to share the specificity of our culture and have that highlighted and embraced and loved and i and i and i, and, and I, I think that's beautifully articulated and and it's really inviting it's it's inviting people to see what is uh, the humanity in us all, and if you would just close your eyes and just listen to a story, and you would see that you can relate to it, and then you open your eyes and you say, well, okay, well, this person may be Asian, this person may be black, this person may be you know whatever, but wow, we're really the same, <laughs> and that was the spirit of Jingle Jangle. There's not one mention of of uh, race or any of that in the film, and uh, yet there is clear specificity in wardrobe and hairstyle and, and, mm -hmm. and, skin, and skin color and, and, and the, the soulfulness of the music, music. But the human experience is what's universal. And, I, and you know, when I, if I look at some seminal films of late, like uh, Get Out, mm -hmm. um, you know, usually black people usually are killed off in the first uh, couple <laughs> minutes of, of the film. Yeah. Uh, but it was a film that was scary as hell. Oh it was so. poignant as hell. And you it's yes, there was race issues in it, but the scariness, the all the all of the, the things you find in your favorite um uh thrillers was all in there. Mm -hmm. And it just happened to be black people leading it. Then I looked at Black Panther. Well, okay, it was all of the same things you would have loved in a Iron Man or a Spider-Man or any of that. But for once we had a character that looked like me, but was still trying to save the world, save a planet, stop the bad guy. So it made it, it, it made it universal. And, and I, I, you know, and it, and it went on to do over a billion dollars. And so Jingle Jangle had the same kind of weight to it, that it had to be something that spoke to everybody, but would celebrate, um, uniqueness of us, the soul of us, uh, and some of the specificity uh, of us as, as Black people. I think you get into the heart of it because, you know, if you think about what causes separation in people, what causes issues with people, it's really assumptions. It's, you know, it's stereotypes and assumptions that I'm making about 
somebody else based off their color or their religion or you know whatever and then you know these stories like jingle jangle and stories like you said like black panther it shows you your assumptions are wrong and you're only you're only walling yourself off from you know connecting with other people that might look different or might have a different religion but they're people and so the more and again this goes back to like kind of enlarging the human heart like just allowing yourself to experience more of the humanity and that we are all in this human condition together and the stories that you're telling which you know it makes a lot of sense you know do we need to keep saying seeing the same white guy doing the same white guy stuff like we've seen it a million times I'd much rather see something different and unique and a new kind of experience. Like Lind, as you said, like uh, it's not about putting this piece here and this piece here. It's the experience, the story. That's what I'm interested. In. I want to. I want to feel that different experience. I've already seen the other stuff a million times. It's time Absolutely. to see these new stories. Absolutely. And if I even like think of some of my favorite movies, it has the specificities to it. You know, um, there's Joy Luck Club. I've I love that movie. You know, there is Godfather, Godfather Slumdog Millionaire. Yeah. I mean, you think of ooh, 50th anniversary of Godfather coming up. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's it, I I am so drawn to the specificity of it, and and I tell you, I I am a little bit jealous, also, and I, and and I talk about this with David all the time because like I don't really know my ancestry. I don't have those um, cultural rituals because of, you know, what has happened in our background of being, you know, stolen. So to me, it, it allows me to connect to something that I wish I had myself. You know, I, 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 I'm going to do, you know, the research on, with my DNA and all that and hopefully learn some more about my, my background and history. But to see something like that and to know that there is something culturally that is believed in and that they have passed down from, you know, generation to generation is something so beautiful to me, you know, and and, and then to come up against diversity with creating an opportunity here in America is it, those those stories are just so um, heart wrenching and and touching to me. And, and again, as I said, I just love the specificities and you name it from any religion to culture to race. It's just, it's something special about it. And at the same time, with the balance of that, we have our fun mm -hmm. movies, our Spider-Mans and our mm -hmm. Iron Mans and our classics and our Disney animation and all that, you know, but we just want to be, we, we all want to have a seat at the table as well. We uh, funded a filmmaking program at Variety Boys and Girls Club in Boyle Heights a few months ago, and it's a predominantly Latino um, community of high need, and we did a virtual um, table read, and it was really emotional because uh, the students who you know wrote this short film based on their own life experiences we're all saying that it was the first time that they actually felt seen and heard and the first time that they felt like their voice mattered. And this outlet that they were given through this amazing program, Kids in the Spotlight, um, this opportunity to use filmmaking to share their own inspiring stories and to feel represented and like they mattered, it was 
unbelievable. And it gave them the confidence to believe that all of their hopes and dreams and goals were possible. And so we saw through that program, you know, whether it's writing and filmmaking um, or music or playing an instrument, these creative outlets, they're so important, especially for kids to realize their full potential and to find their voice and not be afraid to use it. That's, that's, that's beautiful. That can, 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 can you see me and fund the building of my pool house? In, in the <laughs> because I really like this space that you're in of seeing people who don't look like you and pouring into them financially. And I've been trying to find some extra money for that. Pool house. <laughs> All right. We got you. We'll do a fundraiser for the pool house. <laughs> I love white people that see, that see and please see me. <laughs> but then you've got to adopt us too. It'll That's be right. a mutual adoption. We're, we're, right. It will be. We'll see each other. But I tell you, <laughs> what you all are doing is so Special. important. It's um, uh, you know, it's something that's big for Lynn and I. What we've done, and we have to reach out to communities that aren't necessarily ones that that uh, we're as familiar with or may have the same opportunities that, you know, we have. When we're looking at being black in this business is a big thing for us. Um, one of the programs we have is called uh, um, Lights, Camera, Access. And it is what we, we believe that, you know, what stops one from being able to uh, uh, win or, or mine their way, navigate their way through the business or excel in the business is not their acumen, it's not their academics, it's their access. 100%. And so we, we want to give people, and what you all are doing, which is a beautiful thing, um, give people access so that, you know, uh, they can have opportunity to do the things that we've been able to do. That is so important and exactly, you know, what you just mentioned, David, part of the, the filmmaking program that we were honored to fund is once the kids develop the talent, they're set up with internships at entertainment companies that, as you mentioned, otherwise they wouldn't have access yep. because unfairly they grew up in a community that is not white and yeah. so their school's underfunded they don't have the same you know technology in in their school they don't have the same um, extracurricular activities and thankfully one of our favorite charities variety boys and girls club has existed as this beacon of hope in the community for 73 years and some wonderful executives in the film industry are board members who tirelessly work to ensure that these kids get the opportunities they deserve. Because as you mentioned, it's not about talent. They're all ridiculously smart and talented and have ideas and stories that are worth sharing. They just were dealt this shitty hand of being in a community that was rigged by a system that set them up to fail mm -hmm. because their skin is not white. Um, and it's like, how do we come together and level the playing field and give every kid equal access and opportunity and show everyone that their dreams are, are valid and, and, and worth it? Absolutely. Uh, you, you did a good job, young man, of marrying that woman. I, <laughs> I, I, approve, I approve that, 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 that message. message. 
and you did a good job of allowing him to marry you. Yeah. I approve. It's the same I, thing. But we don't. I, you I said agree it, with that. You said it perfectly. We don't choose <laughs> anything. You know, yeah. you know, we don't really do the choosing. Yeah, I basically am just like, you know, I, I'm along for the ride. And uh, that's okay. I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, I, I'll tell you, too, it's, it, you know, it's so great what you're saying. And we, you know, echo your sentiments um, that the the one thing I do love now compared to when we were coming up is that they these communities and and artists have access to this technology a little bit more of it as far as exposure you know with so many streaming platforms and so many different ways to kind of get a story out there that we didn't have this social media rise and and different things and those that I believe really have a passion for it and a talent for it. They can access some of these tools to at least test out and showcase some of their talent. And, and just like even the editing tools, you know, you yeah. had to have this whole, you know, thousands and thousands of dollar system uh, to even edit in different things. So I am glad that we have, technology has come along to where you can grab an iPhone and do something, mm -hmm. do a movie with it or grab a, a laptop and edit your movie. And I encourage um, these kids and, and everyone to take access of that, to, to benefit from that, because you'd be surprised how much you can get and, and get out there with what's available to you now that we didn't even have. Because I, you know, we're always saying if we had what's available now, it'd be a whole nother story and a whole nother level. So we encourage them to do their due diligence and do their research and research, you know, filmmakers like us and others who've come up in the industry and were able to kind of take something from nothing. You get to start from something now. You know, there's really no excuse for not get, gaining some knowledge about the, the industry that you want to get into and at least finding some favorite artists that you can follow and kind of research their path to set you up a little bit more than you would have been. 100%. The, the technology has changed the game and the landscape, making it possible for us to discover these amazingly talented people who are creators of great art all through the power of a tiny device that we can all hold in our hands, yeah. which is so, which is so exciting. Um, I don't know if I would have gotten as much done though with, if I with <laughs> technology, honestly, I, I don't, I, I find mm -hmm. that, that technology in many ways is very distracting uh, as a, as a, as a, a writer, it's like, uh, you know, you're trying to get your, uh, these wavelengths and these ideas are flowing, but you got your, you check your Instagram page. And yeah, I, I, no, I mean, I mean I, 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 it's, it's tough. Um, I think the challenge is with all of these yeah. um, different ways of, of, um, of discovering mm -hmm. is to find stillness because sure. I think for an artist um, stillness and quiet uh, is still, um, one of the, 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 the best ways to access these thoughts and ideas. And so that's just my own. Oh, no, I definitely agree with that. I, I agree with that. I'm certainly not talking about social media and, you know, sitting on TikTok and all of that. I'm talking about, you know, um, if, if there's 
of Francis Ford Coppola that you're researching, you know, you can watch all of his films now. You, you can read his book. Yeah. Uh, I, you don't have to do the Dewey again. Decimal System that I did <laughs> at the library. Where Same. You're, yeah. And I'm saying what I'm saying is take what is out there and use it to your benefit. I'm not saying be a dodo and be stuck on your Instagram and TikTok all day. Take this 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 technology and use it to your advantage and get gain some of the knowledge that you're able to have access to. True that. You know, in within your stillness. Take it in, get it, you know, learn from it, edit a couple little things, have some fun, make your home movies, make your get your friends involved, write a script, do all those things. Um, and yeah, definitely don't, don't just be a social media person. Do, 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 be, be a part of it. Yeah. Cause in the middle of my stillness now, there's a real housewives of Atlanta that gets I'm middle of an emotional moment and the tears about, and I hear Nene Leakes ass you are so... in another room and I'm like, <laughs> Are you? That's really my life. Uh, okay, look. Uh-huh. He likes a uh, pardon the interruption. I like a little mindless entertainment. Yeah, I like yeah. pardon interruption for twenty two minutes. Nene leaks ass. David, don't lie. <laughs> don't exaggerate. Okay? Seasons, seasons. But okay, and, and she's not even on the Housewives anymore. See, so you can't even pull that out anymore. <laughs> this one, this one has roped me into so many reality love type shows. Yes. She tells people, oh, secretly, he really likes Yeah, them. that's really literally the them. truth. We will analyze the show for and an just, hour I, after. I watch them because I get a free foot rub. <clears throat> so there like, you go. Oh, you go, there you give go. me a little foot rub, I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything. So uh, <laughs> that's how we roll over here. You know, you know, it, it, I have it, no it, shame. It, it, it's so prevalent <laughs> that you lean into it and you don't really realize. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I will admit some of the shenanigans and interesting characters. Uh, you can't. It's like a train wreck. You can't. Help yeah. It, yeah, and we used to put these characters in yeah. our plays, <laughs> which is kind of funny. We're watching the live version of of a lot of things now. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love it. Well, let's switch gears for a moment because Jingle Jangle is not only a beautiful film, but you also have this amazing kids book, which I'm going to hold up, The Perfect Gift. And our three-year-old daughter, Ruby, every night when I put her to sleep, I say, Ruby, you can pick three books to read. Somehow she hustles me and we're reading five to seven books a night. I don't know how she does it, but this is always one of the books that we're reading. And she, she calls it Journey Story. Um, and, and the thing that we love about it, and I spend time talking with Ruby about is the theme of it's all possible. So what was the inspiration behind it's all possible? So in the film, Jingle Jangle, there's a song that Journey sings called Square Root of Possible. And that song written by Philip Lawrence and Davy Nathan and Michael Diskett and David E. Talbert over here, um, it that song was like my mantra for the film. You know, it, it was very tough. Uh, it was our first time being out of the country on location like that. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm producing this multi-million dollar film. And it was a lot, it was a lot on me and, and a lot on David. And I felt that, you know, this was a huge opportunity and I did not want to squander it. And at the same time, the pressure of 
if we don't get this right, it may be another 20 years before some filmmakers that look like us get to do a film like this. So it was a lot, um, you know, being on set with Forrest Whitaker and Felicia Rashad. And it's like, I'll still get that call from the school. Miss Talbert, Elias forgot his lunch ticket. And I'm like, excuse me, Mr. Whitaker, you know, I have to take care of this. <laughs> so you, it, it, it is a lot, you know, being a mom and everything, as you know. And so um, I had a lot of challenges and that song was what I needed to get through this film. It, it, I was rocking that song in the car on the way to work, you know, putting it on when I needed a moment at, at work. And I needed to find my square root of possible every single day. And that's what it was about. And I'm like, if I could find my square root of possible, other people could find their square root of possible too. And what is their formula for success, especially children? And that was the theme behind it. I still even have on my signature for my emails, you know, it's all possible because I believe that and it, and it touches me and inspires me. And so that's how the first book was born, The Square Root of Possible, which was the first one. And then um, The Perfect Gift was the second one that I just released um, this, this past Christmas. So um, I love, love, love picture books and love them growing up um, and always had a dream to do it. And this was a a great opportunity to expand Jingle Jangle in this way and do something that I've always wanted to do. I want Jingle Jangle to be part of our holidays from you know now until forever. And being that classic piece, it you have to have other outlets for it. And to me, this was just a perfect segue to get to that. I love it. It's another great opportunity to expose kids to these beautiful lessons of confidence and representation and tapping into your gifts and your potential through um, the power of a beautiful children's book. And so for our final question that we ask all of our guests on the True Heart podcast, um, what do you want your legacy to be? And I know, David, you said before, you know, obviously uh, creating great, meaningful content is a part of that. But is there anything else that um, that you and Lynn are really excited to have left your mark on this world with? I, I think, you know, the longer you get, you, you do this. Uh, I used to think it was really about the work and it is about the work, but you know, a big legacy of Lynn and I is also showing a husband and wife who can work together and 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 create something and be a a, a dual kind of powerhouse uh, in the business. And that's a something I didn't really look at as something as legacy, but people see Lynn and I and and they see how she abuses me through all the years and how I stick with it. <laughs> And I keep coming back for more. I mean, that's got to be inspiring to some sucker that's about to, to go up down the aisle and say, I do. But, but uh, also as a father, you know, that's, you know, I have this picture of Elias um, and I um, kneeling. He's sitting on my lap, right, and jangled in, in um, jangles and things where he's looking at this set for the first time in London. And, you know, Elias has been in the director's chair with me for Jingle Jangle, and, and he was in Lynn's stomach for uh, Baggage Claim, and, and he's been on all these sets. And I'm like, 
you know, one of the great directors of uh, comedic directors, uh, Ivan Reitman, who just uh, passed, you know, his son, uh, Jason, is doing the same thing, you know, and I'm like, well, well, legacy is I don't even realize that he's around and seeing what his father and his mother does. And where can he take his art and where can he take that? So I I, I look at that as really my legacy and how many opportunities I can give to people that would not have normally had those opportunities, how I can inspire them. And I, and I think that's all those things are as much of a legacy as the, the actual work that you do. Yeah, I would agree. Um, you know, it's definitely our son. He, he, he definitely makes us look at what our future should be and could be uh, with a magnifying glass. And I also look at, you know, time. You know, we don't want to spend our time working 24 hours a day. You know, it's about we're in the game, but sometimes it's about getting out the game. You know, you're working to get out the game as well because you want to be able to have the time with your family and your loved ones and to do and work on the things that you love and and be able to provide for your family with that. Um, I know for me, I, I'm still continuously growing and there's so many things that I want to accomplish. You know, doing the books was a big thing for me to to do because it was something I've been wanting to do, but I've spent, you know, you spend so much time like, oh, we got to do this film and we got to get this done and this play and da, da, da. And so I'm learning to stop and say, carve out time for some other opportunities that I want to take advantage of while I'm on this earth and share it, share those things with my son and, and our family as well. So um, I'm, you, I feel like in, in as you get older, you start to assess the time that you have here and, and assess the things that you really want to do and what you really want to spend your time on. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm still learning from that. So uh, right now I'm, I'm grateful and proud of what we've accomplished in our legacy so far, but I just want to see my, I just want to see my son grow up and, and be that, that see what he wants to do with his life and how I can help with that. Yeah. Well, raising you has been one of the great joys of my life. <laughs> oh, snap. I'm glad, I'm oh, glad please. Can, uh, Thank I you for this beautiful window into your yeah. your relationship. I, <laughs> oh, like Amy God. said, I, I do feel like sometimes I'm looking if at my mother her. was here, she would stab him right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys are an amazing couple, Lynn and David. Thank you for blessing the True Heart podcast with your wisdom and experience for anyone watching that hasn't yet seen this beautiful movie jingle jangle you can stream it on netflix it is a new classic for our generation and future generations so make sure you check that out and also check out these beautiful children's books that david and lynn wrote our kids love them. The message is absolutely beautiful. It's something you'd be proud to share with your family. And we can't wait to see the next project that you both produce because we know it's going to be another smash hit that's going to make its mark on the world. And let's get together and have us a glass of yes. wine. And, uh, I like that. No war stories over marriage. Looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. 
you for having us and congratulations to you both it is a beautiful thing to see you doing this together as well so congratulations thank Thank you thank you hey guys so if you enjoyed the show please leave us a five-star review you can find us and subscribe wherever podcasts are available again you can check us out on youtube if you want to watch the show and see our amazing guests and uh you can subscribe there as well. Thank you so much to Lynn and David Talbert, an amazing couple. We were so blessed to meet them on Christmas Eve um, because they're friends of Scott's parents. So it was just wonderfully serendipitous that um, we got to share our love for their beautiful film, Jingle Jangle, and invite them on the True Heart podcast to share their incredible experiences of working together to produce beautiful content and share positive and inspiring stories with the world. Yeah. And we also got to see how they work as a team, which is very inspiring too. It just shows you like you can you can do it. And not only can you do it, if you have your, uh, this is something we didn't talk about during the podcast and something we haven't talked about, but it, it's, this is a, so true is they kind of have their lanes where they are like great at what they do. And we're kind of like that too, where like there's certain stuff that you're great at. There's, you know, a lot of stuff that I'm totally mediocre at. And then, you know, you kind of stay in that lane and then it's, it's really, really good because you can really get so much more done. So it seems like they're kind of in that boat too. Yeah, they're, they're an amazing, amazing team. I'm so excited to- It's inspiring. To see what comes next um, for them, so. And I have to say too, their content is really inspirational and like, coming from just an idea in your head and then putting it to paper and selling it to Netflix and then turning it into books and really kind of making it an entire franchise. That's phenomenal stuff because it's inspiring kids around the world. So yes, bravo, Lynn and David. Um, You've done good, really good work. Um, So thank you again for tuning in to the True Heart Podcast. We will have another amazing episode for you. Keep it locked. Oh, he beat me to it. it. My catchphrase. All right. Have a beautiful week. Bye, guys.